You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. Savings off MSRPC dealer for details. The entire world watched. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for man. And humanity saw that the sky was not the limit. Achievement. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. It's an arrest nearly 34 years in the making. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. The man who admitted he made the bomb that took down Pan Am Flight 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland in 1988, now in U.S. custody, Abu Aguila Mohammed Massoud. We should get as much information from him as possible. Bert Ammerman's brother Tom was on the plane, along with 258 others killed. 11 more died on the ground. Massoud will be the only one out of three people charged in connection to the attack to stand trial in an American courtroom. Massoud had been in prison in Libya for a separate sentence. It took two years of negotiations to to get him here. The Department of Justice confirming that he had been taken into U.S. custody yesterday and that he will appear today in federal court. That's Fox's Alexandria Hoff. Brittany Griner remains in a prisoner reintegration program at an Army hospital in Texas after being set free in Russia Friday. The U.S. swapped the star American basketball player for convicted Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. Republicans in Congress are critical. Adam Kinzinger tells ABC's This Week it could put Americans abroad at greater risk of being taken hostage. We're glad she's home, but we have to recognize why that right now as Americans we have made it clear that we are willing to do anything to bring a single American home and there are people that are watching that. Former President Trump is also critical saying while he was in office he rejected a deal to free Victor Boot in a swap for Paul Whelan who Russia refused to include in the Griner exchange and is still in custody. Trump posted on social media he wouldn't have swapped a hundred for Boot. Another Capitol riot trial gets going today in the case against four more members of the far-right group Oath Keepers facing the same seditious conspiracy charges that founder Stuart Rhodes and an associate were convicted of last month. Success for NASA. Returning the new Orion spacecraft to Earth and the first of many moon missions. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson, this was an unmanned test mission flying around the moon. Astronauts could land there by 2025. America's listening to Fox News. If you have certain chronic conditions such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, and you're 19 years of age or older, 52, 36. 42. You may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm going to ask my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. The lame duck Congress with Democrats still in the majority in the House is on deadline to approve a new funding for the government to avert a partial shutdown. Congressional negotiators are said to still be far apart on top line numbers for defense and non-defense spending with a funding deadline expiring Friday night. 
Lawmakers from both parties are still hopeful of reaching an agreement on an omnibus, a package of spending bills funding the federal government through the fiscal year. But as time runs short, a short-term option may be needed, extending current funding for a few more days, weeks, or even months, something Pentagon leaders are warning against. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are up modestly ahead of this week's trading and ahead of another expected interest rate hike this week from the Federal Reserve to keep fighting inflation, though gas prices keep falling. AAA's national average for regular at 326 per gallon is down 52 cents in the past month. Now six cents lower than we were paying a year ago. On Sunday night football. Fourth and goal. The Los Angeles Chargers beat Miami 23-17 on NBC earlier. San Francisco won for the sixth straight time. Tom Brady threw two interceptions as the Niners spoiled his homecoming. 35-7 behind third-string quarterback Brock Purdy. The Ravens had to go to their own third-string quarterback, but still beat the Steelers 16-14. The Eagles route the Giants 48-22 to get to 12-1. They're close to wrapping up home field advantage in the playoffs as the Vikings were upset by the Lions 31-23. On a cold, wet day in Buffalo, the Bills handled the elements and the Jets 20-12. Trevor Lawrence threw for 368 yards and three touchdowns as the Jags stunned the Titans 36-22. That's Tim McMaster. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Football is here and we've teamed up with Restoration One for something that will make any fan yell, who dat? We want to send you and a guest to NOLA for an NFL experience that you'll never forget. It's the ultimate who dat experience and we're giving you the chance to see New Orleans play up close and personal live from the plaza level of the Caesars Superdome. Score a pair of tickets to Dome Home Games, as well as a pair of passes to hang out with DJ Digital at the official VIP tailgate, a fully catered pregame party put on by Bullseye Event Group, with free food and an open bar on the rooftop patio of Benson Tower overlooking Champion Square. And thanks to our friends at Legends Bar and Grill, even when the black and gold are playing on the road, you can still celebrate black and gold style at home with a Legends Tailgate prize pack. Beat the squad with 10 burgers, 10 wraps, and 20 bags of chips. You can enjoy at a Legends location or on the big screen at the house. The weekly deadline to enter will be Thursday at midnight. You only need to enter once per game, but every week will be a new opportunity for you to win. All you need to play is the KPL News app. So download it now and enter to win today. Restoration One is your local business to help with any water, fire, and mold damage. Call 337-RESTORE. That's 337-RESTORE to get your property back to its full glory. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the KPL News app. Now the headlines from the KPL News Center. It is 62 degrees under cloudy conditions. Your complete forecast is coming up. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como taking a look at our top stories. Saturday's election saw three constitutional amendments pass overwhelmingly across the state of Louisiana. It also saw a 30-year-old political newcomer, Devontae Lewis, defeat three-term incumbent Lambert Boisier for a seat on the Louisiana Public Service Commission. Both are Democrats. Marcin Goldsby has more on that story.
national headlines about Lewis's victory emphasize that he's the first openly LGBTQ person to be elected in Louisiana, but he says he hardly heard about that on the campaign trail. It's about being able to keep their utilities on, uh, ensuring that we're investing in renewable energy. Lewis says he wants to nudge the Republican-dominated PSC to require more renewable energy versus fossil fuels and to go back to allowing solar panel users to get credit for any extra energy their panels produce. I'm Marcian Goldsby. Meanwhile, those amendments, uh, the First Amendment was the one that was considered, I guess, the headliner, if you will. And that was the one with not allowing non-citizens to vote in Louisiana elections. Again, uh, that uh, amendment passed overwhelmingly, as did two other amendments that had to do with uh, Senate confirmations of uh, uh, gubernatorial uh, appointees. COVID cases are on the rise and flu is at its highest level in five years. So the Louisiana Department of Health is strongly encouraging residents to get boosters and vaccines before holiday gatherings. LDH reported nearly 4,500 new COVID cases in its last count. Here's State Health Officer Dr. Joe Cantor. The bad news is we're in the middle of an already very bad flu season that's not showing much signs of abating yet. And unfortunately, we're seeing the beginning signs that we could be entering another surge of COVID-19. Cantor says at the start of the month, over 10% of healthcare visits in Louisiana were for flu-like illness. He says now is the time to take precautions. Getting vaccinated and particularly boosted for those who are eligible. We have a lot of people who got their initial vaccine series but haven't yet gotten boosted. Now's a great time to do that. And for people who are more vulnerable to severe disease. So Dr. Cantor says the updated COVID-19 boosters are formulated to offer continued protection against the original strain while also offering new protection against the Omicron and other variants. Cantor says getting the shots now will give your body time to bolster immunity before the height of gatherings. People that have put off getting either their flu vaccine or their COVID booster, you can get them both at the same time. And if you get it now, that's going to give you some welcome protection for the Christmas and New Year's holidays. And if you'd like, home testing kits are widely available, or you can call 211 to find a test site near you. State Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlin is hopeful another incentive program will alleviate the state's insurance crisis. Brooke Thornton has more. The last two hurricane seasons have prompted at least 10 insurance companies to leave the state. Not quite as big as Katrina Rita was, but it is daunting and challenging. Insurance Commissioner Jim Donilon is hoping another incentive program, like the $30 million one that worked back then, will help the current crisis and attract companies back to Louisiana. He's now waiting to see how much the Revenue Estimating Conference says is available. What we did to depopulate citizens was very effective over the past 10 years. All right, so it would only make sense that the state's favorite crustacean is the topic of ongoing research at Nichols State. Bioscience's associate professor Chris Bonvillon says they've been looking at how water quality and low oxygen levels impact wild crawfish in the Atchafalaya Basin. We know our swamps down here, they're naturally low in oxygen, but a lot of human activities have caused oxygen concentration to be even lower. We're talking like almost near zero oxygen in the water for months at a time. And while crawfish are surviving in waters with low oxygen levels, Bonvillon says they're maturing smaller in size as a result. Currently, we have students that are looking at the egg production to see if these crawfish in these low oxygen waters are the females producing less eggs and are the eggs they are producing, are they producing smaller eggs? 
Now, preliminary studies uh, show low oxygen produces fewer eggs, and Bonvillant says the next phase of research will look at egg size. He says unhealthy crawfish tend to produce fewer eggs. So, of course, all of that can affect the overall crawfish harvest. That's what we're looking at to see how that low oxygen water is affecting the egg production as well. He says he's also received feedback from Louisiana crawfish farmers who say they, too, are seeing smaller crawfish than in the past. The 2022 Prep Classic saw two of the state's winningest coaches win a state championship. Jim Hightower has been involved in over 500 games, and he's never seen a finish like the one he experienced on Friday as his St. Thomas Moore Cougars rallied from 10 points down in the final two minutes to stun Lafayette Christian Academy, 52-48. to Hightower says, well, it was a wild finish. This is pretty special. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I can ever remember a game that quite had this type of ending, especially considering the the uh, situation of the game, you know, being in the Superdome for the state championship, uh, it was pretty special. When Louisiana's winning as coach, J.T. Curtis, captured his 27th state championship on Saturday night as the John Curtis Patriots blinked Brother Martin 23 to nothing, Curtis saw his Veer offense grind out a 99-yard touchdown drive in the second quarter which did set the tone. You know what I thought? The offense was very consistent. We had big opportunities in that fourth quarter that we didn't take advantage of. But you know what? The bottom line is we won the ball game and played very hard. Well, from the turf to the hardwood, the Pelicans won their seventh straight last night as they defeated the Suns 129 to 124. New Orleans also beat Phoenix on Friday in the Smoothie King Center. And with an 18-8 record, the Pels have the best record in the Western Conference. Zion Williamson says it's a nice accomplishment for December. We number one in the West right now. I know to a lot of people that's not a big deal because I know it's early in the season. But, you know, for us to kind of have that ranking right now, uh, that's big. And we want to not only hold on to it, but build on it because uh, we have a deep team. Williamson has been outstanding during this seven-game winning streak, and he scored 35 points in yesterday's overtime win. In OT, Pelican fans chanted MVP when Zion was at the free throw line. Williamson says he loves feeling the love from the home fans. That's just the city of New Orleans. They they got a lot of love. Uh, I've been saying it for years. Uh, Drew Brees told me when I first met him, if you love the city, it's going to love you right back. And um, it's a true statement. I love the city of New Orleans. Um, and I'm just glad they come out and support the way they do. Williamson has scored 30 or more points four times during this seven-game winning streak. Coach Willie Green is impressed with the former number one pick, what he's doing, especially after missing all of last year with a foot injury. You know, there's a lot of scrutiny and eyes on him, and for him to come back to have the conditioning that he does, uh, still have his touch, his handle, you can tell he he was working in the offseason, so a credit to him and, and his team and, and all the people that supports him, but we're all proud of him and, and glad to have him on the floor with us. The Pels begin a three-game road trip in Utah on Tuesday. morning Acadiana and welcome into Acadiana's morning news Brandon Como here with you Bernie is off for the day but she'll be back tomorrow and 
The Killer Bees will be back at it. But uh, for today, we've got a great show lined up for you a little bit later on in the hour. Ian Ozan will join me as we will relive the craziness that happened on Friday uh, in the Dome as St. Thomas More put on a comeback for the ages uh, over the Lafayette Christian Academy Knights. We'll also talk about some of the other big games that happened over the weekend at the Caesars Superdome. We'll also spend a little bit of time in the 7 o'clock hour uh, with Chris Babin. He is the president of the Acadiana Better Business Bureau as we will continue to let you know about the latest scams that are happening in our area. Continue to keep you updated there. We'll also spend a little bit of time uh, talking later on in the 8 o'clock hour, scheduled to speak with uh, Joe Cunningham, talking about this weekend's elections and the results that came about from them, the um, three amendments that passed overwhelmingly. You had the local city court judge race uh, that was decided, as well as some other races across the state that made a little bit of noise as well. But uh, coming up right now, we've got a great segment lined up for, here for you. You know, we are in the middle of the holidays and everyone trying to manage the stress uh, and the pressures that go along. You know, whether you're hosting uh, holiday events, um, whether you're trying to get everyone in the family to go to holiday events together, getting the family together. Um, there's a lot of um, good times that go along with this time of the year, but there's also a lot of stress that has to be managed as well, a lot of anxiety uh, that has to be managed as well. And so joining us on the phone lines right now is duly licensed uh, therapist and my wife, Hannah Como. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to be on. Um, and yes, it is so important to talk about stress for the holidays because as most people are doing their last minute shopping and getting things in order, it can be very stressful. Yeah. And you know, you obviously see a lot many clients and seeing them during this time of the year what are some of the biggest things generally that you know they talk about as far as things that are very stressful to them about the holidays right so brendan the two biggest things that most people stress about during the holidays is often time and money right because they're the two most important things um, in our life is, you know, majority of what we spend our finances on and also what we spend our time on. And so those are the two biggest stressors. And so when it comes to time, you know, often for the holidays, we um, want to make sure that everything is perfect if you're hosting or if you're trying to be able to go to multiple events or um, attend um, activities with family. We often spend so much of our time for the holidays um, almost overbooking everything, and it can be quite stressful. And so that's the number one thing that I wanted to talk about today is how do we make sure that we are um, really spending our holidays enjoying it instead of making sure that we are, you know, doing everything to make sure we are putting on, you know, this perfect Christmas or this perfect idea of what we think the holiday should be for our family or friends or our kids. And so we can often get really wrapped up in that. And so we have to make sure that we are not overbooking our schedule and we are not um, spending above our means because um, if we do that, that's going to cause us a lot of stress in the long run. Yeah, you know, one thing you talked about, and there's a lot to unpack in what you just said, but the very last thing, you talked about spending. And there are many times where people will take out a loan or um, they will you know, run up the credit cards during this time period because they want to make sure that maybe they give, you know, um, their kids, 
you know, things that maybe they never had or maybe they right. want to go ahead and, you know, feel like that what they're spending is going to make somebody else's Christmas that much more special. And they'll put themselves behind the eight ball to do it. And like you pointed out, that's incredibly stressful. Right. There's so much pressure. And I feel like that sometimes we buy into that pressure. And uh, the result of that is just a lot of stress. And typically in January, we start, you know, um, you know, start realizing that maybe we overspent too much in December. And so that's a really, really great point. And if we make sure that we're budgeting appropriately and we're make sure, make sure that we are, um, not making that a priority to make sure our kids get everything because the idea is that we want to remember that our kids, of course, want things for Christmas, but they also want to spend time with us. And so we want to make sure to balance that. We want to make sure to balance that with our finances. And we also want to make sure we're financing um, appropriately. And we also want to make sure we're prioritizing our our time as well. Well, speaking of balance, you know, (laughs) as difficult as the money issue can be, Balancing spending time with family can be just as, if not more difficult sometimes, because, you know, especially with marriages, you've got two sides, each side of the family, and mm-hmm. they all want to spend time with you. And trying to balance out that time can be a bit of a juggling act. Absolutely. And so that's why it's important. And I know most people, because we're two weeks away from Christmas, they have kind of already planned what they're going to be doing for the holidays um, with friends or family or whomever. But we also want to remember that we don't always have to say yes to everything. And sometimes when we do say yes to every event and every activity and everything that our family wants us to do, we often get very stressed because we feel like we've overbooked our schedule. And so the important thing to remember is whether it's um, having good communication with our family or good communication with our spouse, we want to make sure we're talking about this and we're planning ahead. Um, and we want to make sure that, you know, we're making time for uh, for downtime and time for ourselves and time for our immediate family because sometimes we have, you know, a serious um, what I call FOMO or fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. We want to do all these things for our family or our kids, and we want to say yes to everything, but sometimes it becomes very exhausting. And so when we do these things, we want to prioritize what's the most important things that we want to we want to do, and what do we think our family and our kids are going to enjoy the most. Absolutely. We're spending time with a duly licensed therapist, Hannah Como, talking about the holidays. And, you know, we are right smack dab in the middle of them, right at that kind of, I guess, sweet spot between between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, but then also, of course, we got New Year's coming up as well. And, you know, that's uh, another one of those holidays that people love to get together for. Um, but, you know, really right now, people making those Christmas preparations as Christmas is just less than two weeks away. And, yeah, it, 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 I've said it before, Hannah. You know, it kind of feels different this year that Christmas is on a Sunday. I mean, there's a part of me that because of the religious aspect of Christmas feels like it should be on a Sunday every year. But at the same time, it, it you know, get, being used to, yeah, it was on, on on Saturday last year. But leading up to that, it had been on weekdays for, you know, six, seven years. Had kind of gotten used to that. But it's a little bit different this year being on a Sunday. It is, and I think for for most people, you know, they're still having to balance work as well. And so because it's on a weekend, um, oftentimes when it's during the week, uh, we may even get a little bit more time off. And so, again, 
we're under we're under crunch time when it comes to making sure we get our all of our work done but yet we're still getting all the the things in order to prepare for christmas and so we just have to maintain that level of um of balance and making sure that we're not overstressed and we're not trying to put too much on ourselves so i i think one thing that you have talked about that i think is good to bring up here as well especially for those that are hosting is prioritizing making lists Mm -hmm. of what needs to be done what's most important uh needs to be done first and just prioritizing things as they go along absolutely and and i often encourage people to reach out to their loved ones that they're hosting and they need some extra help you know don't be afraid to reach out your family and friends even though their schedule is also very booked reaching out to them and asking them to do a small thing will make a big difference and we also have to remember too is that again everything doesn't have to be perfect and so we feel like we have to put on this big um this big show or these big things that we have to make sure everything goes perfectly or we enjoy our holidays and so we often get caught up in that when really we just need to keep things simple we need to make sure that we're just you know enjoying our time with our family we we spend time together and you know and that's the most important things to really take away simple and fun right yeah, absolutely. If we can just remember that, I think it will go a lot more um, smoothly, for sure. Hannah Como, do the licensed therapist, taking some time to join us here on Acadiana's Morning News. Hannah, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to go ahead and take this quick commercial break. I've got news coming up in just a bit, and then Ian Ozan will join me as we talk some football, high school football Yet a lot of amazing games happen over the weekend. We'll spend a little bit of time uh, recapping and talking about what's ahead with the LHSA right after this. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPEL News app. Now the headlines from the KPEL News Center. KPL News Time is 7.33. We have a sunrise starting to pop up now here across Lafayette and Acadiana. We'll have more for you coming up from Daniel Phillips. Your weather forecast is on the way. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. Taking a look at some of our top stories this morning. Well, Louisiana, seeing COVID cases on the rise. The worst flu season in five years. Michelle Southern reports now is the time to get updated on vaccines before the holidays. The Louisiana Department of Health says at the start of the month, over 10% of healthcare visits in Louisiana were for flu-like illness. Additionally, State Health Officer Dr. Joe Cantor says in the last count, nearly 4,500 new COVID cases were reported, which was almost double from the prior week. I do think we're likely entering what will be our seventh surge of COVID here. He says getting the flu vaccine or COVID booster now, which you can get both at the same time, will give your body time to bolster immunity before the height of holiday gatherings. I'm Michelle Southern. Moving on now to election news, as here in Lafayette, we had the Lafayette City Court judge race that was concluded. Jules Edwards defeated Roya Bustani in that race. Also, we had three constitutional amendments that were decided across the state. 
The first constitutional amendment had to do with non-citizens being able to vote in Louisiana, and the amendment that would not allow non-citizens to vote in the state was passed overwhelmingly, as were two other amendments that had to do with Senate confirmation of gubernatorial candidates uh, or gubernatorial appointees. Um, Those amendments passed uh, overwhelmingly as well. Uh, Also, across the state, you had a big election happen where a 30-year-old political newcomer in Devontae Lewis defeated three-term incumbent Lambert Boisier for a seat on the Louisiana Public Service Commission. Now, here is uh, Lewis. He is the first openly LGBTQ person to win elective office in Louisiana, but he does not think his sexual orientation was a factor in the race. It is a historic moment. I will bring those experiences and, and that uh, values to the commission, but I think what really got people motivated was uh, our commitment to the issues that really affect them. So Lewis is from the Baton Rouge area, and he says anger about high utility bills and a desire for more renewable energy helped him win. He won with 59% of the vote. The 57-year-old Boisier of New Orleans was supported by prominent Democrats, including Congressman Troy Carter and Governor John Bell Edwards. The race received national attention. Lewis was supported by powerful national environmental groups, who mounted a massive grassroots campaign and poured money into the race. Lewis says his pr- first priority will be to try to reinstate a rule the PSC repealed in 2018, allowing net metering for solar power. He says net metering credits solar power to solar panel owners for the electricity they add to the grid. I produce more power than what I'm actually using for my solar panel. Like You would give me a credit back. Lewis says only 2% of the energy used in Louisiana comes from renewable sources. We are starting to talk about that transition, investing in community solar, looking at hydrogen and wind, building wind farms to power the grid. Now, in case you were wondering, Lewis's election does not change the commission's political ratio. There are still three Republicans and two Democrats. State Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlin is hopeful another incentive program will alleviate the state's insurance crisis. Brooke Thorrington has more. The last two hurricane seasons have prompted at least 10 insurance companies to leave the state. Not quite as big as Katrina Rita was, but it is daunting and challenging. Insurance Commissioner Jim Donilon is hoping another incentive program, like the $30 million one that worked back then, will help the current crisis and attract companies back to Louisiana. He's now waiting to see how much the Revenue Estimating Conference says is available. What we did to depopulate citizens was very effective over the past 10 years. We're going to do it again. I'm Brooke Thorrington. Well, it would only make sense that the state's favorite crustacean is the topic of ongoing research at Nichols State. Biosciences Associate Professor Chris Bonvillon says they've been looking at how water quality and low oxygen levels impact wild crawfish in the Atchafalaya Basin. We know our swamps down here, they're naturally low in oxygen, but a lot of human activities have caused oxygen concentration to be even lower. We're talking like almost near zero oxygen in the water for months at a time. And while crawfish are surviving in waters with low oxygen levels, he says they're maturing smaller in size as a result. Currently, we have students that are looking at the egg production to see if these crawfish in these low oxygen waters, are the females producing less eggs and are the eggs they are producing, are they producing smaller eggs? So it's a very interesting study. And uh, Bonvillon, says that uh, preliminary studies show low oxygen produces fewer eggs and the next phase of research will look at egg size. He says unhealthy crawfish tend to produce fewer eggs. So, of course, all of that can affect the overall crawfish harvest. That's what we're looking at to see how that low oxygen water is affecting the egg production as well.
Juan Villon says he's also received feedback from Louisiana crawfish farmers who say they are they too are seeing smaller crawfish than in the past. The Pelicans won their seventh straight last night as they defeated the Suns 129 to 124. New Orleans also beat Phoenix on Friday in the Smoothie King Center, and with an 18 and 8 record, the Pels have the best record in the Western Conference. Zion Williamson says it's a nice accomplishment. He's been the outstanding. He has been outstanding during this season, uh, this seven-game winning streak, and he has scored 35 points in yesterday's overtime win. And OT Pelican fans chanted MVP when Zion was at the free throw line. Williamson says he loves feeling the love from the home fans. That's just the city of New Orleans. They they got a lot of love. Uh, I've been saying it for years. Uh, Drew Brees told me when I first met him, if you love the city, it's going to love you right back. And um, it's a true statement. I love the city of New Orleans. Um, and I'm just glad they come out and support the way they do. KPL News Time is 640. Mostly cloudy skies across Acadiana today. Temperatures are going to be getting to about 72 degrees in the afternoon. Winds from the northeast at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows going to be dropping down into the 60s. We're fairly cloudy headed into tomorrow as well with some late evening showers possible on Tuesday evening. And then the potential for some severe weather Wednesday morning with a front moving through in the middle of the work week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab on KTC, meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, so taking a look at what's happening in traffic right now. Of course, school zones are in effect, so please be mindful of them. But taking a look to see if there's anything else out there that you may need to be uh, concerned about. And we have no crashes, no breakdowns popping up on our screen right now. So good news there. Ian Ozan will be joining me in just a few minutes as we'll spend some time Talking about what happened over the weekend in the Louisiana Superdome. There was a lot of winning going on. And no, the Saints were not a part of it. But some high school teams were. So we'll touch on that when we get back. KPL News Time coming up on 6.45. Brandon Como, Bernie will be back tomorrow. But uh, joining me today is another person that used to hold this microphone here on Acadiana's Morning News. And that is Ian Ozan, also my broadcast partner of 10 years for high school football. And Ian, boy, we there was some great football that happened uh, over the weekend in the Caesar Superdome. And we had the game that would arguably be the mo- the one that was talked about the most, man. Yeah, the one that also caused the most heart attacks as well with St. Thomas Moore pulling out that victory in the final minute Friday in the Division II Select Championship game. That's one that is going to go down in history as maybe the best championship game ever played in LHSA prep football classic history. It it really was amazing. And, you know, everyone talks about the last two minutes, but if you look at the score and, you know, 52-48, that was a score that was a culmination of a game where the offenses really took over, especially in the second half. Early on, it was a defensive struggle, much like the first game. And then the offenses really took a hold of things in that second quarter on. And the comeback, the comeback by STM was legendary and you know it was a comeback in which they were down by 10 points with a minute 45 to go 
and it only took them less than a minute to score two touchdowns, which included an onside kick that needed to be executed as well. And then after that, they basically held LCA out of the end zone for the final 45, 50 seconds. Um, but really, you know, one of the soundbites you played this morning was from Coach Jim Hightower of St. Thomas Moore. And this guy has won a few championships, and he's been around for over 500 wins. Um, but, you know, not seeing anything like this, what we saw on Saturday, on, on Friday when his team was able to come back and, and, and defeat the Knights in a thrilling rematch from Week 10, it just really was a weekend in which we saw not only he won, but, of course, uh, JT Curtis, another legendary coach, was able to get a big win as well. You had the New Orleans area had a really good weekend. Destrehan was able to complete their undefeated season. It really was uh, an amazing weekend in the Dome where you had very, very competitive football games. It was, and that John Kerr's game that you mentioned, the 23-0 victory, 23 nothing victory over Brother Martin, may have been the least competitive game score-wise that we saw all weekend. And even then, when you look at how the game was played, Brother Martin had their opportunities. John Curtis was just stronger. And it came down in that contest, the ball possession. John Curtis, in the first half, held the ball for all but six minutes. When you're a team, especially one like Brother Martin that's had some success this year running the ball, you have the ball for only four possessions in six minutes of the first half. You're not going to win any games. And John Curtis didn't give them uh, many more opportunities in the second half either. Uh, John Curtis also did a great job with interceptions, fumble recoveries. They, they made Brother Martin commit mistakes, and they capitalized on those errors. And I had a chance to to talk with uh, J.T. Curtis after the game, ran into him in the basement of the Superdome as I was leaving. And for a guy who's been around nearly 50 years, he's won 27 state championships, has won more than 600 games. He's a guy that still doesn't take any of this for granted. Every single one of these victories is it's like the first time for him. And those kids that were with him and walking out of the Superdome were just as excited. doesn't matter how many times you're there or how many times you've won it. Anytime you're able to get back and win it again, it's special. And then when you look on the flip side, Brother Martin, this is their first trip to the Dome since 1989. You have to be happy that they made it, but you also feel for them that they weren't exactly able to get over that hump. So it's, as the old saying goes, truly is the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. No, it really is. And, you know, Brother Martin was a team that came back to beat Karen Crow the week before in the semifinals. Um, you know, St. Charles was another team in that, uh, uh, you know, St. Charles in that, you know, southeastern Louisiana area. Uh, they came back uh, in the fourth quarter to win their contest uh, in, in what turned out to be a thrilling game against Dunham, a game that I thought St. Charles was, I had picked them as like the favorite to win that, but they ended up having to come back in the fourth quarter in um, kind of a thrilling fashion to beat Dunham. But you had, you know, you had our friends over in Ruston uh, that were the ones that fell to Destrehan. Um, you just had a lot of great games. Vermillion Catholic put up a really good fight against uh, Wachita Christian, who's been a powerhouse from North Louisiana. You just had a lot of really good matchups as everyone came back in the Dome for the first time in a good while. And that leads to the million-dollar question. The LHSAA general meeting is next month. The principals will gather. And this is, and the classification system, I'm sure, is going to be on their agenda. Keep in mind, the division system that football played under this year was set by FIAT by LHSA Executive Director Eddie Bonai. He had been fighting for years to find a way to kill the split. 
He couldn't do it. So he said, you know what? We're going to do this this year. And we're going to and and we're going to find a way to make the playoffs more equitable and more competitive. As was pointed out multiple times over the weekend, some of these teams didn't know who they'd be playing or in what division they'd be playing until the third or fourth week of the season. We saw that the playoff system worked. The competition was more equitable. The games were more competitive, maybe with the exception of the first couple weeks of the playoffs. You saw quarterfinals, semifinals, and final matches that were much more competitive than what they've been since the split took place 10 years ago. Are the principals going to vote in the system permanently, or are they going to go back to the system that was? And that's the million-dollar question. Or is there a system in between where you can go back to the former the 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A classification, add a super class in there, that way you can keep the equity, reduce the number of classifications or divisions, and still have the competitive matchups that we've seen? I, I don't know what the principals are going to do. Only time will tell. We'll have to wait till next month. But I think after what we saw, this small sample size of games under this new format, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be ticked if the principals tinker with it too much. Yeah, so uh, that's interesting that you bring that up about you know the, the tinkering issue because that's really what happened going into this year. We went from nine championships to eight, and it very much improved. Do we now drop down by one to maybe seven championships? Although I would say that our playoffs were very, very competitive this year. Heck, even our state championships are very competitive. I mean, I've we've always had good games in in in, in the dome, but we've also had a lot of, I would say, stinkers. <laughs> you know, a lot of blowouts yeah. that have happened over the years. But I can't remember, and I'm sure if I go back and look, I you know I could find. A, a list that was as competitive, but I can't think of a list of state championship games that were as competitive as what happened over the weekend that we've had in a recent long time. I, I can't think of any either, but if the LHSA sticks with this and speaking with some of the, some of my uh, partners over here at WWL over the weekend, and we brought this up on the air Saturday night during the halftime show. If, the LHSAA sticks with this format. They have to find a way to redistrict and put everybody in the same divisions in the same districts. For example, Westgate playing in a 4A district played against 5A schools in Division One. That's something that needs to be fixed. If you're going to play in Division One, you need to be in a, in a Division One district. If you're going to play D2, you need to be in a D2 district and so on. So that's the one thing the LHSAA needs to figure out. What are they going to do with that? Because as long as you have three A's playing up against four A in one division, four A playing up against five A in another division, you're going to run into some issues. But with that said, I'm I'm going to bite my tongue for a little bit because I don't want to break up District Four Four A. You saw what happened there. Westgate played up against the five A teams, yeah. made it to the semifinals. Yeah. You look at the everybody else in that district; they made the playoffs. And save for Northside, everyone in that in that particular district made it to the quarterfinals. Maybe the best district in the state. So maybe there is some good to keeping the districts as they are now while keeping the division playoff format. I don't know. This is way beyond my pay grade, but all I can say is the principals need to think carefully before they screw anything up. Yeah, no, and and and, and it, they've kind of stumbled on something here, if you will, um, by you know getting it to the eight classification or the eight divisions, if you will. 
Um, again, just keep trending in that right direction. There is a right direction that's being gone to right now, as opposed to when we expanded it to nine, and then all of a sudden we just saw saw nothing. We saw a ton of blowouts, and we saw a lot of really bad teams make the playoffs. Now they're trending in the right direction. Just keep it going that way. Yeah, and that's the thing. Keep it going. The first step was limiting the number of teams to make the playoffs, which they did this year. 24 uh, in select, 28 non-select. That was the first step in the right direction. Second step was the divisions as they were set up this year. That's another step in the right direction. Now it's a matter of keeping that progress, whether they tweak the system, whether they uh, go back to classifications. Again, I don't know what they do, but what we saw this year is a very good blueprint. Yes, absolutely. All right, Ian Ozan, uh, we got to let you go, man. I know you got to get back to news coverage at WWL. Thanks so much for spending some time, man. Another great season that we got to have together, man. Looking forward to next. Same here, brother. And before I go, today is Bob Barker's 99th birthday. So with that in mind, help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Great uh, to end on right there. Thanks, Ian. Later, brother. All right, news coming up at the top of the hour right after this. At the January 2023 Consumer Electronics Show, new car technology will be big. Here's what's leaked out so far, and try not to laugh. I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by ExpressVPN. Secure your online data and get an extra three months free at expressvpn.com slash Kim. At CES last year, the biggest hypes were the fully autonomous car. That's also a camper, electronically triggered, color-changing car paint, and a 700-mile EV. A year later, none of this stuff came to market because it doesn't exist. This year, electric and self-driving cars will be the thing, even though there aren't enough recharging stations along the highways. And in many parts of the country, there isn't enough power to recharge. Self-driving tech is at best undependable. At worst, it's deadly. The feds continue to investigate Tesla's auto drive for who knows how many deaths. GM's self-driving crews lost $1.5 billion this past year. And as I said, try not to laugh. And give my longer daily podcast a try. It's perfect for when you're on the go. Called Kim Commando Today. Dell Technologies of Deals for Business start now with fresh limited quantity deals on tech to drive productivity. Save on select performance laptops and desktops powered by 12th gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, plus free shipping on everything and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. 877-ASK-DELL. At T-Mobile, we believe people deserve more without paying more. Get four iPhone 14s with their amazing cameras on us and four lines for $25 a line. It's like expecting one caroler. Deck the hall with And getting a choir. Switch and get four iPhone 14s on us with eligible trade-ins and four lines for $25 a line. With 24 monthly bill credits and auto pay, plus taxes and fees for well-qualified customers with four-line minimum. If you cancel service before 24 credits, credit stop at balance and required finance agreement for all devices is due. See T-Mobile.com for details. The Fox Business Report is brought to you by Gulf Coast Bank, your local community bank. Whether your financial needs are for an individual, a business, or for the whole family, Gulf Coast Bank has the knowledge and products to serve you best. With nine convenient locations throughout Acadiana, you're never far from a friendly Gulf Coast Bank associate. 
I'm Connell McShane, the Fox Business Report. Stock futures are in the green. Investors are waiting for the Federal Reserve meeting tomorrow and Wednesday. Economists are expecting the Fed to raise interest rates half a percentage point. Also, the Consumer Price Index for November is released tomorrow. There's a merger in biotech. Amgen is buying drug company Horizon Therapeutics. Horizon develops treatments for rare autoimmune and severe inflammatory diseases. Amgen also has autoimmune disease drugs. Microsoft is buying a 4% stake in the London Stock Exchange. It's part of a 10-year relationship with the exchange to move its data platform into the cloud. Microsoft already has been working with the London Exchange to have a long-term partnership. That Fox Business Report, I'm Ginny Coselda, invested in you. Starting to realize your small business is a little overwhelmed by the holiday rush? It's still not too late. All of your shipping and mailing under control with Stamps.com. Sign up right now and you'll be postage in just minutes with discounted USPS and UPS shipping rates. Just go to Stamps.com. Click the mic at the top of the page and use code BUSINESS for a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital. That's stamps.com, code BUSINESS. It took almost 34 years. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. The man accused of making the bomb that blew up Pan Am Flight 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland, is in U.S. custody due in court today. Abu Aguila Mohammed Massoud admitted a decade ago in an interview in Libya he did make the bomb that was put in a suitcase. It's been a long time coming, and uh, it's pretty remarkable that this is where we're at today. Kara Weeps' his brother Richard was one of the 259 people killed as the plane flew to New York in 1988. Eleven others died on the ground, and she just told Fox... It proves that over three decades, they haven't stopped. Um, they have constantly kept this case open. The uh, investigators have kept investigating the FBI agents. The prosecutors have kept looking for evidence. In Iran, a second execution in the crackdown on women's rights protests. A public hanging today. The official crime waging war against God. Activists say around a dozen people have been given death sentences for their part in the demonstrations, but add that almost 500 more died during the unrest. It began as an outcry against the country's morality police. Fox's Jonathan Savage. Brittany Griner remains in prisoner reintegration in a hospital in Texas after she was freed from Russia in a prisoner swap. Former President Trump is critical, posting online when he was president, he turned down a deal to free Paul Whelan, who remains in prison in Russia, for Victor Boot, the Russian arms dealer set free in exchange for Griner. NASA's Orion spacecraft splashed into the Pacific, ending the first moon mission in a half century, an unmanned flyby. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson hopes by 20. 25 astronauts will land on the moon again. In order to go on out into the cosmos to further explore. It's been stormy out west, a lot of snow in California's mountains. This is going to be one that's going to sweep the entire country, and we're going to be talking about a major snowstorm over the next couple of days that's going to affect millions and millions and millions of people. Uh, we've got winter storm weather advisories, winter weather advisories, blizzard warnings. That's Fox meteorologist Adam Klotz. America's listening to Fox News. If you have certain chronic conditions, such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, and you're 19 years of age or older, 52, 36, 42, 
you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm going to ask my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. The current Congress is wrapping up its work with Democrats still in control of the House, and they're on deadline to approve new government funding by Friday night to avert a partial shutdown. Also winding down, the Democrat-led House committee investigating last year's Capitol riots. Committee member Adam Kinzinger, the Republican from Illinois, says that when the final report is issued, it will be more comprehensive than the public hearings the committee held in order to give Americans as much information as possible. It's not about, you know, we're putting anybody in jail. This is all about telling the American people about what happened. Kinziger on ABC's This Week Sunday. Fellow committee member Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California, says the decision on whether or not to recommend criminal charges will follow what he says is an obvious and logical path. I think we're all certainly in agreement that there is evidence of criminality uh, here, uh, and we want to make sure that the Justice Department is aware of that. Schiff speaking Sunday on CBS's Face the Nation. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Opening statements are this morning at yet another Capitol riot trial. Four more members of the Oath Keepers far-right group accused of stockpiling weapons in a plot to block President Biden's election certification are charged with seditious conspiracy. The same charges founder Stuart Rhodes was convicted of last month. Five months after the Texas elementary school massacre that left 19 students and two teachers dead. An independently conducted review of the actions of the Uvalde County Texas Sheriff's Office is to be made public today. Its contents and scope are unknown, though law enforcement of varying levels have been under heavy criticism for inactions at the school that day. The report comes as the city of Uvalde files suit against the county's district attorney, claiming she is withholding information they need for their own investigations. Eben Brown, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are up modestly, coming off big losses last week. The Dow fell almost 3%, the NASDAQ lost 4%. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPEL News app. Now the headlines from the KPEL News Center. It is 62 degrees under cloudy conditions here at the KPEL News Center. Your complete forecast is coming up. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. Taking a look at some of our top stories this morning. In Saturday's election, you had three constitutional amendments that overwhelmingly passed across the state. The First Amendment had to do with not allowing non-citizens to vote here in the state of Louisiana, as uh, that one got a lot of the largely Republican Louisiana support across the state. Now, in a race that had nothing to do with Republicans, a 30-year-old political newcomer, Devontae Lewis, defeated a three-term incumbent, Lambert Boisier, for a seat on Louisiana Public Service Commission. Both men, Democrats, Marcin Goldsby, has more on that story. 
Well, we apologize. We thought Marcin Goldsby had more on that story, but I will tell you more about it. So, as I said, Devontae Lewis, a 30-year-old progressive policy advocate, unseating the three-term PSC, Lambert Boisier, in the runoff election on Saturday for District 3 Public Service Commission seat. Uh, Lewis is the first openly gay uh, person to win elective office in Louisiana, but he does not think his sexual orientation was a factor in the race. It is a historic moment. I will bring those experiences and, and that uh, values to the commission. But I think what really got people motivated was uh, our commitment to the issues that really affect them. Now, Lewis is from the Baton Rouge area, and he says anger about high utility bills and a desire for more renewable energy helped him. He won with 59% of the vote. The 57-year-old Boisier of New Orleans was supported by prominent Democrats, including Congressman Troy Carter and Governor John Bell Edwards. The race received national attention. Lewis was supported by powerful national environmental groups who mounted a massive grassroots campaign and poured money into the race. Lewis says his first priority will be to try to reinstate a rule the PSC repealed in 2018, allowing net metering for solar power. He says net metering credits solar panel owners for the electricity they add to the grid. I produce more power than what I'm actually using for my solar panel. Like, you would give me a credit back. Now, Lewis says his, uh, the only 2% of the energy used in Louisiana comes from renewable resources. We are starting to talk about that transition, investing in community solar, looking at hydrogen and wind, building wind farms to power the grid. Now, Lewis's election does not change the commission's political ratio. There are still three Republicans and two Democrats on the Public Service Commission. Well, State Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlin is hopeful another incentive program will alleviate the state's insurance crisis. The last two hurricane seasons have prompted at least 10 insurance companies to leave the state. Not quite as big as Katrina Rita was, but it is daunting and challenging. Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlin is hoping another incentive program, like the $30 million one that worked back then, will help the current crisis and attract companies back to Louisiana. He's now waiting to see how much the Revenue Estimating Conference says is available. What we did to depopulate citizens was very effective over the past 10 years. We're going to do it again. I'm Brooke Thorrington. Well, the flu is at its highest level in five years. COVID cases are on the rise, and the Louisiana Department of Health is strongly encouraging residents to get boosters and vaccines before holiday gatherings. LDH reported nearly 4,500 new COVID cases in its last count. State Health Officer Dr. Joe Cantor. The bad news is we're in the middle of an already very bad flu season that's not showing much signs of abating yet. And unfortunately, we're seeing the beginning signs that we could be entering another surge of COVID-19. Now, Cantor says at the start of the month, over 10% of healthcare visits in Louisiana were for flu-like illness. He says now is the time to take precautions. Getting vaccinated and particularly boosted for those who are eligible. We have a lot of people who got their initial vaccine series but haven't yet gotten boosted. Now's a great time to do that. And for people who are more vulnerable to severe disease. Now, the updated COVID-19 boosters, he says, are formulated to offer continued protection against the original strain while also offering new protection against the Omicron and other variants. Cantor says getting the shots now will give your body time to bolster immunity, 
before the height of gatherings. People that have put off getting either their flu vaccine or their COVID booster, you can get them both at the same time. And if you get it now, that's going to give you some welcome protection for the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Louisiana residents should also consider getting tested ahead of gatherings, he says. Home testing kits are widely available, or you can call 211 to find a test site near you. Well, it would only make sense that the state's favorite crustacean is the topic of ongoing research at Nichols State. Biosciences Associate Professor Chris Bonvillant says they're looking at how water quality and low oxygen levels impact wild crawfish in the Atchafalaya Basin. We know our swamps down here, they're naturally low in oxygen, but a lot of human activities have caused oxygen concentration to be even lower. We're talking like almost near zero oxygen in the water for months at a time. And while crawfish are surviving in waters with low oxygen levels, he says they're maturing smaller in size as a result. Currently, we have students that are looking at the egg production to see if these crawfish in these low oxygen waters are the females producing less eggs and are the eggs they are producing, are they producing smaller eggs. Now, preliminary studies show low oxygen produces fewer eggs, and he says the next phase of research will look at egg size. He says unhealthy crawfish tend to produce fewer eggs. So, of course, all of that can affect the overall crawfish harvest. That's what we're looking at to see how that low oxygen water is affecting the egg production as well. He says he's also received feedback from Louisiana crawfish farmers who say they, too, are seeing, uh, seeing smaller crawfish than in the past. In sports, the 2022 Prep Classic saw two of the state's winningest coaches win a state championship. Jim Hightower has been involved in over 500 games, and he's never seen a finish like the one he experienced on Friday as the St. Thomas Moore Cougars rallied from 10 points down in the final two minutes to stun Lafayette Christian Academy 52-48. to Hightower says, well, it was a wild finish. This is pretty special. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I can ever remember a game that quite uh, had this type of ending, especially considering the the uh, situation of the game, you know, being in the Superdome for a state championship. Uh, it was pretty special. And then you have Louisiana's winningest coach, J.T. Curtis, who captured his 27th state championship on Saturday night as the John Curtis Patriots blinked Brother Martin 23 to nothing. Curtis saw his Veer offense grind out a 99-yard touchdown drive in the second quarter, which set the tone. You know what I thought? The offense was very consistent. We had big opportunities in that fourth quarter that we didn't take advantage of. But you know what? The bottom line is we won the ball game and played very hard. Well, let's uh, go from the turf to the hardwood as the New Orleans Pelicans won two big games over the weekend as two of those seven straight wins came against the Phoenix Suns. Last one last night, 129-124. to 124, And the Pelicans have an 18-8 record. It's the best record in the Western Conference. Zion Williamson says it's a nice accomplishment for December. We're number one in the West right now. I know to a lot of people that's not a big deal because I know it's early in the season. But, you know, for us to kind of have that ranking right now, uh, that's big and we want to, not only hold on to it, but build on it because uh, we have a deep team. And so the Pelicans getting those two big victories over the weekend to stay atop the West. And Williamson, he's been outstanding during the seven-game winning streak, and he scored 35 points in yesterday's OT win, during which fans chanted MVP when Zion was at the free throw line. Williamson says he loves feeling the love from the home fans. That's just the city of New Orleans. They... They got a lot of love. Uh, I've been saying it for years. You know, Drew Brees told me when I first met him, if you love the city, it's going to love you right back. And um, it's a true statement. I love the city of New Orleans. 
Um, and I'm just glad they come out and support the way they do. Now, Williamson has scored 30 or more points four times during this seven-game winning streak. Coach Willie Green is impressed with the former number one pick, and especially after he missed all of last year with a foot injury. You know, there's a lot of scrutiny and eyes on him, and for him to come back, to have the conditioning that he does, uh, still have his touch, his handle, you can tell he, he was working in the offseason, so a credit to him and, and his team and, and all the people that supports him, but we're all proud of him and, and glad to have him on the floor with us. Football is here, and we've teamed up with Restoration One for something that will make any fan yell, who dat? We want to send you and a guest to NOLA for an NFL experience that you'll never forget. It's the ultimate who dat experience, and we're giving you the chance to see New Orleans play up close and personal, live from the plaza level of the Caesars Superdome. Score a pair of tickets to Dome home games, as well as a pair of passes to hang out with DJ Digital at the official VIP tailgate, a fully catered pregame party put on by Bullseye Event Group, with free food and an open bar on the rooftop patio of Benson Tower overlooking Champion Square. And thanks to our friends at Legends Bar and Grill, even when the black and gold are playing on the road, you can still celebrate black and gold style at home with a Legends tailgate prize pack. Beat the squad with 10 burgers, 10 wraps, and 20 bags of chips. You can enjoy at a Legends location or on the big screen at the house. The weekly deadline to enter will be Thursday at midnight. You only need to enter once per game, but every week will be a new opportunity for you to win. All you need to play is the KPL News app. So download it now and enter to win today. Restoration One is your local business to help with any water, fire, and mold damage. Call 337-RESTORE. That's 337-RESTORE to get your property back to its full glory. Mostly cloudy skies across Acadiana today. Temperatures are going to be getting to about 72 degrees in the afternoon. Winds from the northeast at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows going to be dropping down into the 60s. We're fairly cloudy headed into tomorrow as well with some late evening showers possible on Tuesday evening. And then the potential for some severe weather Wednesday morning with a front moving through in the middle of the work week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Holiday gift cards, Fizo's Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar has gift cards that make a great gift any time of the year. And during the holidays, you can enjoy this great gift card bonus from Fizo's. For every $100 in gift cards you purchase, get a $20 bonus card for yourself. Use the Fizo's app or go to Fizo's.com for more info. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, so uh, school zones are in effect. No crashes, no breakdowns. Also, to add to our, we- our weather report, Scott from Plaisance says, cloudy and 61 degrees in Plaisance, traffic flowing well in Plaisance and the Nuba Crossroads. And yes, it appears that uh, it's very much the same weather and traffic forecast happening here in Lafayette, um, at least for Lafayette standards. Traffic looking pretty good right now. No crashes, no breakdowns to report at this time. Good checking in, Scott. Good hearing from you. Our Salute to America brought to you by Jim Olivier's Home Improvement and Roofing, Louisiana. And now, to honor America, Academy Award winner and four-time Grammy nominee, Jennifer Hudson.
Good morning, Acadiana. Welcome into Acadiana's Morning News. Brandon Como here. Bernadette Lee, she has the day off, but she will be back tomorrow. Killer Bees will be back at it. But, you know, uh, sitting across from me right now, you know, we've got the president of the Acadiana Better Business Bureau, Chris Bappen, uh, joining me. And we're going to talk a little bit about a bit about scams to make you aware of and to remind you about a little bit later on in the hour but uh, he jumps into a Bernie seat right now. First off, good morning. <laughs> good morning. All right. So, um, you know, one question that I put out to our KPL listeners that I'd love to put out to you uh, over these next couple minutes. Our Acadiana's morning news question of the day. In Acadiana, it's not Christmas until. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Uh-huh. So it's not Christmas until. You you can't say until we get some colder weather because we really don't know. <laughs> no, you might be waiting for Christmas until the next year if that happens. I've had my Christmas sweater on on Christmas Day, just sweating it out because uh-huh. it wasn't cold enough for it. Now, did you see though that in a well? I'm trying to remember the exact day. I think it's Thursday. It's going to drop down to the 50s. I did see that, and it'll be sunny. So we'll have some nice sunny in the 50s weather going into the weekend. A little cloudy skies on Saturday, but that's okay. We still got beautiful weather. Yep. Uh huh. I, I think um, because, so my, my daughter's a, uh, she just finished her first semester at UL, but I think from having and raising her through through school, it's mm-hmm. not Christmas until the kids are out for the break. That's a the, good one. The school break. That's a good one. Because that's when it really just kind of goes full on Christmas holiday mode. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, as yeah. a kid growing up, that's when 
cousins would come into town. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they'd come stay, I mean, almost like a week and a half between yeah. like all over the Christmas holiday. And so for me, I'd say off the top of my head, I wasn't even prepared to answer this. <laughs> That's all I wanted I'd to get say you. when uh, I'd say when school's out for the holiday break. I like it, man. That's a really good one. Um, because as a kid, when I think back to it, that was one of those like markers for me as well. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> as yeah. a kid in school, definitely. <laughs> as an adult, I feel like Christmas, you know, it's, you know, really Christmas starts like around Thanksgiving time. Yeah. You know, yeah because yeah. we're constantly thinking about it. But what one that I will put on this list and one that I remember as a kid and really as an adult, I feel like it's, it's, it's true now too. It's not Christmas until you go to Acadian Village to see the lights. There you go. So that is mm-hmm. a good one. I had a buddy yeah. of mine from Lake Charles. He texted me over the weekend. Well, he texted me last week that he was coming over the weekend mm-hmm. um, to check out the lights. He comes every year with his kids. They're getting a little older now, but still brings his kids. I mean, that's that's a staple, right? Yeah. And yeah. we haven't been this year, but it looks like they've got some new stuff out there. So we went on uh, Saturday night and there was some new stuff out there. We saw um, passing down Rue de Bellier. Yeah. Like. You know, okay. I didn't like confirm it with any of the workers, but when we went <laughs> yeah. in, the very first thing I said to my wife was I said, oh, wow, there's more lights than I can ever remember. And it was it was like more lights like in certain areas and then more lights overall. Right. Like it was it was a lot and it was really beautiful. Um, awesome. It was packed, man. You had so many people out there too. Like as I was telling her too, I said it's amazing how every single year, even if you go on a weeknight, you'll get a lot of people. But it's the people, the thousands and thousands, just turn out every year yeah. to go check out the lights. I mean, it really has become such a part of our Cajun Christmas tradition here in Lafayette and Acadiana is Acadian Village. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of the first things you tell somebody. You know, you have friends or family maybe coming in from out of town and. Uh, maybe they're here for a couple of days visiting family. I mean, I think it's on the list of while you're here, you definitely got to go check out the lights. No, absolutely. So that was um, I would recommend anyone that has not gone yet that they do uh, go ahead and do so. Um, it really they they you know they've improved the the walking areas and such as well, which has been great too. And so that's one thing as well to to mention. But the lights are beautiful. The rides are awesome. The kids. Um, you know, especially those older kids love it. My son was pretty mesmerized by the lights. <laughs> oh, I bet. Kind of funny trying to take <laughs> pictures with him, and he just kept wanting to look off into the distance. <laughs> so I told my wife at one point, I said, look, let me just go along with it. Let me look into the distance with him. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, a lot of people um, on Saturday night, um, just everybody wanting to go see the lights. Um, but it really is a, a beautiful time over there. Um, one person on our Facebook page uh, Joey says Pollard's Christmas tree lot opens. Oh man, that is definite. So um, the Pollards, they've been coming down here for, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. From what, North Carolina, I think area. I'm not sure where, but. So I actually worked out there for one holiday season uh-huh. years and years ago. Yeah. That's hard work. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the rite of passage as a young man was like when you got to cut down your first Christmas tree. <laughs> I don't know if that, I don't know if that was, if you felt the same way about it, but for me, it was like, okay, like, you know, here's your rite of passage. I really want to cut down the Christmas tree. And for like the first two years I asked, I wasn't able to do it because I said, no, you're not old enough. Right. But then when I was finally old enough and was able to cut it down for the first time, felt grown up. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, um, yeah, they have a bunch of, you know, local, um, high school kids and great people that, that work out there during their time that they're here and they mm-hmm. travel down and, I mean, leave, 
you know, most of those guys that are from North Carolina leave their families, come down here for, I don't know if it's a four or five week span, basically from Thanksgiving till right before Christmas. And um, yeah, it's some hard work. Those trees come in frozen out the back of the truck, fresh from the snow in North Carolina. And uh, it's some hard work out there, but that's right. That's a good point. That's definitely a local, um, a local, it's not Christmas until the Pollard set up the trees. All right, go let your voice uh, be heard. Uh, on our KPL News Facebook page, you can answer the question there, or you can just send us your answer in the KPL News app. And one of the answers that came in this morning was from Beth, who said, please come home for Christmas is playing on the radio. That's when she knows that Christmas time is here in Acadiana. So, Beth, this one is for you from Charles Brown. Please come home for Christmas as we take you out to our commercial break. We've got a brief look at news coming up. the power of Fox News Radio to cover the big issues that matter to you. News Talk 96.5. KPEL. Depend on it. News Talk 96.5. KPEL. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source. On air, online, and with the KPEL News app. Now the headlines from the KPEL News Center. 62 degrees under cloudy conditions. Your complete forecast is coming up. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. Taking a look at some of our top stories this morning. We had some elections over the weekend as three constitutional amendments were passed overwhelmingly across the state. One of them had to do with not allowing non-citizens to vote. The other two had to do with Senate confirmation of uh, certain uh, appointees. Again, all three passed overwhelmingly. Joe Cunningham will join us in the 8 o'clock hour to talk about the elections. Now, you had one big result that happened on Saturday. Uh, what many would say was an upset as 30-year-old political newcomer Devontae Lewis defeated three-term incumbent and fellow Democrat Lambert Boisier for a seat on the Louisiana Public Service Commission. Uh, Marcin Goldsby has more on what was really a fascinating race. National headlines about Lewis's victory emphasize that he's the first openly LGBTQ person to be elected in Louisiana, but he says he hardly heard about that on the campaign trail. It's about being able to keep their utilities on, uh, ensuring that we're investing in renewable energy. Lewis says he wants to nudge the Republican-dominated PSC to require more renewable energy versus fossil fuels and to go back to allowing solar panel users to get credit for any extra energy their panels produce. I'm Marcian Goldsby. Well, we're experiencing the worst flu season in five years, and Louisiana has also seen COVID vaccine, COVID cases on the rise. Michelle Southern has more. 
The Louisiana Department of Health says at the start of the month, over 10% of healthcare visits in Louisiana were for flu-like illness. Additionally, State Health Officer Dr. Joe Cantor says in the last count, nearly 4,500 new COVID cases were reported, which was almost double from the prior week. I do think we're likely entering what will be our seventh surge of COVID here. He says getting the flu vaccine or COVID booster now, which you can get both at the same time, will give your body time to bolster immunity before the height of holiday gatherings. I'm Michelle Southern. Uh, moving on now to uh, other topics uh, across our uh, across our state, excuse me. It would only make sense that the state's favorite crustacean is the topic of ongoing research at Nickel State. Biosciences Associate Professor Chris Bonvillant says they've been looking at how water quality and low oxygen levels impact wild crawfish in the Atchafalaya Basin. We know our swamps down here, they're naturally low in oxygen, but a lot of human activities have caused oxygen concentration to be even lower. We're talking like almost near zero oxygen in the water for months at a time. While crawfish are surviving in waters with low oxygen levels, Bonvillant says they're maturing smaller in size as a result. Currently, we have students that are looking at the egg production to see if these crawfish in these low oxygen waters are the females producing less eggs and are the eggs they are producing, are they producing smaller eggs? Well, and he also says that preliminary studies show low oxygen produces fewer eggs and the next phase of research will look at egg size. He says unhealthy crawfish tend to produce fewer eggs. So, of course, all of that can affect the overall crawfish harvest. That's what we're looking at to see how that low oxygen water is affecting the egg production as well. State Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlin is hopeful another incentive program will alleviate the state's insurance crisis. Brooke Thorington has more. The last two hurricane seasons have prompted at least 10 insurance companies to leave the state. Not quite as big as Katrina Rita was, but it is daunting and challenging. Insurance Commissioner Jim Donilon is hoping another incentive program, like the $30 million one that worked back then, will help the current crisis and attract companies back to Louisiana. He's now waiting to see how much the Revenue Estimating Conference says is available. What we did to depopulate citizens was very effective over the past 10 years. We're going to do it again. I'm Brooke Thorrington. In sports, the 2022 Prep Classic saw two of the state's winningest coaches win a state championship. Jim Hightower has been involved in over 500 games, and he's never seen a finish like the one he experienced on Friday as the St. Thomas Moore Cougars rallied from 10 points down in the final two minutes to stun Lafayette Christian Academy 52-48. to Hightower says it was a wild finish. This is pretty special. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I can ever remember a game that quite uh, had this type of ending, especially considering the the uh, situation of the game. You know, being in the Superdome for a state championship, uh, it was pretty special. Louisiana's winningest coach, J.T. Curtis, captured his 27th state championship on Saturday night as the John Curtis Patriots blinked Brother Martin 23 to nothing. Curtis saw his Veer offense grind out a 99-yard touchdown drive in the second quarter, which set the tone. You know what I thought? The offense was very consistent. We had big opportunities in that fourth quarter that we didn't take advantage of. But you know what? The bottom line is we won the ball game and played very hard. 
Mostly cloudy skies across Acadiana today. Temperatures are going to be getting to about 72 degrees in the afternoon. Winds from the northeast at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows going to be dropping down into the 60s. We're fairly cloudy headed into tomorrow as well with some late evening showers possible on Tuesday evening and then the potential for some severe weather Wednesday morning with a front moving through in the middle of the work week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab on KTC, meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Right now, traffic. All right, so we have a few things to report in traffic. Uh, I-10 eastbound at the Ambassador exit. We have a crash there. Also, we have a crash St. Mary Street at Avenue A in Scott. That's St. Mary Street at Avenue A in Scott. And then we're also uh, getting from uh, Scott, we've got uh, I-49. This is uh, I-49 just past uh, the Gloria Switch exit. We have a slowdown of traffic there. So again, that's um, I-49 near the Gloria Switch exit. I-49 South slows down at Gloria Switch. So thanks to Scott from Plaisance for letting us know about that one as well. All right, KPL News Time coming up on 745. Uh, Brandon Como here with Chris Babin, president of Acadian or Better Business Bureau. And, you know, we were talking a little bit in the last segment about it's not Christmas in Acadiana until. And you can go check that out on our Facebook page, KPL News, and uh, put in your answer there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. But uh, Chris is here. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, holiday scams. Uh, unfortunately, those happen Scams happen year-round, and uh, especially during the holidays. And what are y'all seeing right now? Well, you know, Brandon, one of the things that we've seen recently, and uh, it's it's unfortunate because who couldn't use, you know, a couple extra dollars right now, mm-hmm. especially as the holidays are approaching, trying to get gifts for friends or family members. And what we've recently had reported, and we've had a couple of these reports to mm-hmm. us, you know, we talk about online scams and how risky they've become, especially since the pandemic so many things have been driven online and it just gives scammers an opportunity to take advantage of people. But we don't want to forget about and rule out the traditional prize lottery sweepstakes scam that uh-huh. takes place in the mailbox. Yeah. You get uh, this. So this scam, the one we're going to talk about today, reported to us from uh, 70501 zip code. And uh, she let us know that she received a postcard in the mail claiming she had won $250. That it was a $250 gift card. Mm-hmm. All she had to do was log into the website and put her credit card or debit card information in to pay for the $1.99 shipping charge mm. to send her the gift card that she had won. Okay. Now, she was savvy to it, and she um, realized that was most likely a scam, so she tried to look up some information, found some other people who had reported the same thing online that they had received. You know, not from any particular company, not claiming to be anybody, just, hey, look, you won some money, here's a gift card. Yeah. Go online, put in information, we'll send it to you. That's crazy, man. Um, you know, it, it is true. And, and you know, the lottery right now, I mean, we talk about the mega millions and the big jackpots that are going on right now. I mean, people, it is very much, even in the Christmas season, on people's minds. It's not just the holidays, but trying to win some of that big money to be able to have <laughs> right. more money for the holidays. Well, and, you know, in, in this type of situation, you know, it's uh, the, the curiosity kind of mm-hmm. gets you. you yeah. Know, and you wonder, well... It's a dollar ninety nine, even if it compromises my car. You know, 
there are some people out there that have shared with us. That's how they think about it. Well, yeah. let me put in my information. Just see if I get a gift card. I mean, it's 250 bucks. Yeah. You know, but we encourage you, um, you know, if, if you make a decision like that, just know the decision that you're making, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be able to look for the signs that it is a scam. You know, nine times out of 10, if, if you have to pay money mm-hmm. for whatever kind of winnings, you know, we've gotten the outlandish, um, you've won a Lamborghini, we're yeah. going to deliver it to your house. We just need you to pay some some freight charges. Mm-hmm. Anything that you have to pay for up front, yeah. most likely is is not true. It's mm-hmm. not a winning. It's not um, something that you have won automatically, unknowingly. Also, a lot of these lottery sweepstakes, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you have to enter those. Yeah, You have to play to win. So yeah. if you're not participating, you haven't elected to participate, it's just people trying to steal your hard-earned money. Yeah, that's a dang shame, man. Um, you know, you've got that going on right now. Um, you know, another thing that I would like to get your comments on is uh, there's a lot of people that are um, selling items online ahead of Christmas, you know, to say, hey, look, these are good Christmas items to buy mm-hmm. um, as we're only a couple of weeks away from Christmas. But there's a lot of good people that are doing that, but you have to be also on the lookout for some of the bad as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you're referencing more like uh, like Facebook Marketplace, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So that has, you know, over the years given, you know, the, the standard typical consumer an easy way to sell and make a couple dollars for things they don't need, whether it's yeah. something somebody wants for Christmas or just you're getting a new sofa, or, you know, bedroom set at home and you want to make some a couple dollars on your old one. You know, somebody out there is most likely willing to pay for it. You know, what you know, if y'all can agree on a price and yeah. The problem is that that, you know, marketplace, although the majority of the time, from what we can tell and understand, is is used properly. Mm-hmm. But it does also create a whole nother avenue for not just scammers, but, you know, maybe just an unethical person mm-hmm. to, you know, here in Acadiana to get on and post some things that the prices are a little too good to be true or they seem a little, um, you know, sketchy when you start communicating with them. They're just trying to make a couple of dollars and move on to the next thing. So one of the biggest things to realize on there, you know, obviously as a from a safety perspective, if you're going to meet somebody in person, you know, they have safe exchange places mm-hmm. like at the police department off of university and all throughout, you know, Acadiana where you can meet somebody safely if you do need to meet in person. That's one of the benefits of something like that. You know, a bedroom set, you know, yeah. you don't want to have to ship or freight something like that. So you want to meet up a um, couple of guys with some trucks, meet up and exchange you know, funds in the bedroom set, but also the um, Venmo cash app, you know, those types of applications that allow you to transfer money between yeah. people have also become very convenient. Whether or not you're you're paying back, you know, a friend for something they picked up for you from the store or you're engaging in an actual transaction for a product, mm-hmm. you know, once those funds are sent, a lot of times it's hard to recover those if you realize in the end that, Either you didn't get what you thought you were getting, yeah. you didn't get anything at all. Um, yeah. So that's one of the red flags to look out for. Some of the instances where people have been taken advantage of, the person was very pressuring to um, require payment before they would meet up with them. Yeah, that should definitely be a red flag as well. Yeah, and you know, it kind of brought me to where I was going to say. Not only you know, so so one other thing to think about is the item not looking as good as the picture. Yeah, you know, like that's something that is easy for, I don't want people necessarily scamming, but just being, as you said, kind of unethical, putting something up where it really doesn't look as good as the picture, you know, the picture was taken maybe a month ago, but it's had some wear and tear on the item 
and you get the item and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, that's not exactly what I thought I was paying for. Right. Um, that's something that can happen from time to time. Yeah, and wh- whether knowingly or not, people yeah. can be a little misleading. You yeah, know, You see a picture and things look great, and like you said, maybe it's an older picture, or maybe they intentionally didn't show the cracks or the rips mm-hmm. or the, the, the worn-out part of whatever yeah. it is that you're looking at. So, of course, seeing those things in person before you send somebody money would be a good idea. That way, if it's not what you thought it was, then you know you don't necessarily um, you're not necessarily out the money. I have now. I have to say, um, in doing this before, I, I, I will say there's a part that, and I know it's your own money that you're spending, and you want to make sure you get the product. There's, you know, we talk about this all the time, and the dishonesty that mm-hmm. happens in this world, and then you have the society we live in, especially here in South Louisiana, where a lot of deals are made on a handshake. Sure. And I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I know I have some a couple times in, in maybe doing a Facebook marketplace type of deal where you go to check out the product and you almost feel kind of bad because it's like you're not quite taking their word for it. Even though like me, I work in news all the time and see some of the bad that goes on, you know, there's still that kind of aspect of society that is like, hey, you know, I'm giving you my word that this is okay. Do you really have to check it out? Um, I don't know if you've ever felt that I have before. It hasn't stopped me from checking out the item completely, but still kind of feels a little awkward sometimes doing it. Now I know if I feel it, maybe some other people do as well. Yeah, I I do know what you mean, especially Mm -hmm. with, um, you know, the way that I think our Cajun culture, you know, kind of has trust woven through it and and the way that, that we were all brought up, um, you know, and, and yeah, you just have to exercise whatever type of, uh, you know, caution you're comfortable with. A mm-hmm. lot of times, more than just the item too, you you kind of get a feel for for the person. Yeah. You know, and you can, you know, they feel genuine and like they're, they're um, you know, being honest with you about what it is that you're purchasing. So mm-hmm. exercise whatever it is that you feel, you know, you know, what, whatever level of diligence you feel most comfortable with. Um, and, you know, I haven't done a whole lot of Facebook marketplace stuff, you know, buying and selling. But over the years, I mean, I have. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, when we talk about these things, they are the rarity because I've never been in an issue where I didn't get what I thought I was getting or where the person didn't meet up with me and purchase the thing that I was selling to them. Mm -hmm. Um, So the rarity is, you know, that there's an issue, but just know that it's out there a lot of times is the just a little bit of a red flag that we need to make sure we're keeping it mindful when uh, when we're doing those things. Absolutely. Chris Babin, president of Katie and a Better Business Bureau, our guest each and every Monday morning here on Acadian It's Morning News. As always, man, thank you for the great information. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. We're going to go and take this uh, quick commercial break. We've got news coming up at the top of the hour, and we've got a jam-packed 8 o'clock hour ready for you right after this. Want to hear Christmas music on your schedule? Check out the KPL News app and click on the Christmas music icon. Brought to you by Christmas at Bridgepoint Farms, 115 Enterprise Boulevard, just off of Johnston Street. I'm Maria Bartiromo, and this is the Fox Business Report. There's merger news. Amgen is buying Horizon Therapeutics. It's an all-cash deal valued at more than $27.5 Electric truck maker Rivian Automotive says it needs to conserve cash, so it's placed a project with Mercedes-Benz Group on hold. Rivian was to work with Mercedes on electric vans for the European market. It's willing to relationship with Mercedes at a later date. The strong dollar is making it more affordable to go to Europe 
The Wall Street Journal says Americans are not just going as tourists, but they're doing holiday shopping there. Purchases by American tourists in the region rose more than 40% in the week of Black Friday, compared with the same period in 2019 before the pandemic. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola. Invested in you. Starting to realize your small business is a little overwhelmed by the holiday rush? It's still not too late. Get all of your shipping and mailing under control with Stamps.com. Sign up right now and you'll be prone postage in just minutes with discounted USPS and UPS shipping rates. Just go to Stamps.com. Click the mic at the top of the pitch and use code BUSINESS for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale. That's stamps.com, code BUSINESS. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Yet another Capitol riot trial. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Opening statements are later this hour. Federal prosecutors in Washington today will try to prove four more supposed members of an extremist group seditiously conspired to bring down the U.S. government during the disturbance at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Fox's Evan Brown, the four members of the Oath Keepers face the same rare seditious conspiracy charge founder Stuart Rhodes was convicted of last month. A leader of the Proud Boys pleaded guilty to that in October. Abu Aguila Mohammed Massoud will be in court the day after the U.S. took the Libyan into custody. The accused bomb maker who blew up Pan Am Flight 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland, 34 years ago. There are family members, including myself, who plan to be there for this trial, either in person or virtually. Kara Weeps' brother Richard was among the 270 people killed and she tells Fox. One of the goals that we've all had is to seek the truth and hold those who are responsible accountable. And I think this takes us a step closer to doing that. And former President Trump to the Republicans critical of the prisoner swap that freed American basketball star Brittany Griner from Russia for convicted arms dealer Victor Boot. He posted on social media as president he turned down a deal to exchange Boot for Paul Whelan, an accused spy still in prison in Russia. The U.S. is unable to include him in the Griner swap. There's another American also still detained in Russia, a teacher, Mark Fogel, arrested for marijuana possession last year. His sister Ann tells Fox. We're hoping that that the administration uh, demonstrates that, that teachers are just as important as basketball players. And we're hoping that they bring them home. Los Angeles has a new mayor. I, Karen Ruth Bass. I, Karen Ruth Bass. That was Vice President Harris swearing in. Congresswoman turned mayor, Karen Bass, the first woman to lead that city. And she says today. My first act as mayor will be to declare a state of emergency on homelessness. America's listening to Fox News. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I'm asking about Prevnar 20 because there's a chance pneumococcal pneumonia could put me in the hospital. Age 65 or older, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower risk response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. 
I want to be able to keep my plans. So I'm asking my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. Iran has executed a second man for his role fighting back against the strict crackdown on women's rights protests in that country. It was a public hanging today. About a dozen others have been sentenced to death in Iran. The human rights groups allege there hundreds of others have been killed in the crackdown. In Japan, a loss in court for victims' families dating back to the bombings that ended World War II. The lawsuit was filed by 28 people whose parents survived the nuclear bomb the United States dropped on their city on the 9th of August 1945. They say they've inherited health problems from their parents and want government support for medical costs. Two of the plaintiffs died of cancer waiting for a verdict. But the court said while a hereditary radiation effect is plausible, there's no scientific consensus, so the state can't be forced to help. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. 50 years after the last mission to the moon, the first new one has come to an end with a splashdown in the Pacific. Orion back on Earth. That was the word from NASA Sunday after the Orion space capsule returned to Earth after a 25 and a half day unmanned mission. The next step is to send astronauts to orbit the moon in 2024 and land there in 2025 for the first time since 1972. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. NASA Administrator, former Senator Bill Nelson, who says the moon is not the end goal anymore, but the beginning. The plan is to get ready to go with humans to Mars late in the decade of the 2030s, and then even further beyond. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. On Wall Street, stocks could rise to start the week. Futures are up modestly, coming off losses last week and ahead of another meeting this week of Federal Reserve policymakers expected to have another interest rate hike. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For Cape Hill News, I'm Brandon Como. Statewide, three constitutional amendment proposals passed overwhelmingly. Amendment number one dealt with not allowing non-citizens to vote in Louisiana. There were cities across the country that had special provisions to allow non-citizens to vote. So uh, those that backed the amendments, those that drafted the amendment, excuse me, uh, thought that this was necessary, and the citizens agreed by the majority here in Louisiana. And again, all three of them passed overwhelmingly, the first one dealing with the non-citizens voting issue. Louisiana is seeing its worst flu season in five years. COVID cases also on the rise. As Michelle Southern reports, now is the time to get updated on vaccines before the holidays. Here is Michelle Southern shortly. We apologize as we're having some issue with our audio this morning as we're hoping to have a report come in from uh, Michelle Southern, but uh, that looks like that's not going to happen. So we'll go ahead and take this uh, quick commercial break. Let's go ahead and do our weather and traffic, and then we'll come back to news right after this.
Mostly cloudy skies across Acadiana today. Temperatures are going to be getting to about 72 degrees in the afternoon. Winds from the northeast at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows going to be dropping down into the 60s. We're fairly cloudy headed into tomorrow as well with some late evening showers possible on Tuesday evening and then the potential for some severe weather Wednesday morning with a front moving through in the middle of the work week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab on KTC, meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, so take a look at what's happening on the roadways right now. We do have a couple of uh, issues to report to you again. Uh, Ambassador Caffrey at the I-10 eastbound exit. We have a crash there. We have a new crash popping up. University at Agnes Street. That's University at Agnes Street. Please be careful uh, getting out there on the roadways. All right, so now let's go ahead and uh, jump back into our newscast. As we were talking about, uh, Michelle Southern reporting on, uh, you know, COVID case on the rise, the worst flu season in five years. Uh, the LDH reporting, that's Louisiana Department of Health, reporting nearly 4,500 new COVID cases in its last count. The Louisiana Department of Health says at the start of the month, over 10% of healthcare visits in Louisiana were for flu-like illness. Additionally, State Health Officer Dr. Joe Cantor says in the last count, nearly 4,500 new COVID cases were reported, which was almost double from the prior week. I do think we're likely entering what will be our seventh surge of COVID here. He says getting the flu vaccine or COVID booster now, which you can get both at the same time, will give your body time to bolster immunity before the height of holiday gatherings. I'm Michelle Southern. Well, thousands of Louisiana property owners are forced to find new private insurance carriers as many companies are either folding or no longer writing policies in Louisiana. Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlin says a possible solution is an incentive program similar to the one used after Katrina and Rita, which led to new private insurance companies in Louisiana. Want to hear Christmas music on your schedule? Check out the KPL News app and click on the Christmas music icon. Brought to you by Christmas at Bridgepoint Farms, 115 Enterprise Boulevard, just off of Johnston Street. All right, good morning, Acadiana. Welcome into our number three of Acadiana's Morning News. Brandon Como here with you. Bernie will be back tomorrow. Hopefully the computer will decide to come back tomorrow after uh, apparently taking the weekend uh, and the extended weekend off as well as uh, it's been acting up, especially uh, in this 8 o'clock hour. So decided, you know what, we're going to go ahead and bring on someone who was covering the elections over the weekend to talk about it. And that is Joe Cunningham. He is the host of the Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL from 3 to 4 every weekday afternoon. Joe, what's up, man? Not much. Just a, a busy morning. And um, it, it, it felt like the elections were pretty low-key. But then you look at some of the turnout in some of the areas around here. But Scott had incredible turnout. Mm-hmm. On election day, in several of the precincts that were, uh, you know, deciding city council races. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people cared uh, deeply about some of the stuff on the ballot. Clearly, uh, the three constitutional amendments. I heard you talk about that in the newscast this morning. I think, you know, I when I was talking about it on my show, um, I, I I endorsed all three. I think they were all three necessary amendments, and I figured that most of Louisiana would agree. 
but I didn't see it as overwhelming as it became for all three. I mean, we're looking at uh, 70% support across the board mm-hmm. for all three of those amendments. And, and these are very interesting because of what they say. Yeah. Um, so Amendment 1, I think, is probably the one that's, I guess you would deem it as the most controversial. It was certainly uh, the headliner. Really, <laughs> yeah, it, it is the headliner. And it's really interesting because it actually doesn't change anything in Louisiana. A lot of people may not have realized that if you're a non-citizen in Louisiana, you cannot vote as it is. Mm-hmm. But what happened here is that there were uh, folks in the legislature who saw what was happening in major urban areas across the country. There are several large cities that, and, and even some states that are saying, look, for non-federal elections, we'll allow non-citizens to vote. And, you know, there is an argument to be made, you know, if, if these are people who are here legally, but they haven't attained their citizenship yet, these are still communities that they're a part of. Uh, but we have such a major immigration crisis at the border right now that you're, you just can't be sure who is here legally and not. And you want to make sure that the legal processes and the electoral processes of the nation are followed. So they drafted this amendment that kind of closes them, uh, a loophole in election law in Louisiana, basically, you know, codifying in the state constitution that only U.S. citizens can register to vote and vote in elections. And that one was the one that obviously uh, most Louisiana residents really cared about. I mean, we you know, at, at the time that the, it was kind of declared that the amendments were going to pass, you, you saw about 75% of voters supported that. That kind of stayed around there. But the other two, I think, are just as important for the political process in Louisiana, these two are uh, are about checks and balances. Um, amendments two and three were about gubernatorial appointments. So we have the state civil service commission and the state police commission, and the governor, uh, John Bell Edwards, or whoever the governor is at any point, names people to these commissions, and they go and they serve on these commissions. Mm-hmm. In the federal government, at the federal level, any presidential appointment typically requires Senate approval. We don't have that in Louisiana, and so these two amendments were drafted to start putting that particular check and balance in against the executive branch in Louisiana government. So now, when a governor makes an appointment to uh, the state civil service or state police commission mm-hmm. boards, those appointments have to be approved by the the, the, the legislative body, the, the state senate. And I think this is a really good move for maintaining a checks and balances system. And, and I'm not saying this because John Bell Edwards is the governor. Frankly, John Bell Edwards is the governor only for one more year, right. really. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and the way things are looking based on elections around the state here recently, likely to get a Republican governor starting in 2024 after the 2023 election. And I want those same checks and balances. I want a Republican governor to be forced to make an appointment that is, uh, that is acceptable to all involved. I, I want there to be that balance. So let me ask you this. You brought up Edwards. Even though he only has one year left, he is the governor that's on everybody's mind right now. 
Do you think that in any way this may have been a small referendum on him and maybe thinking about future governors that have exercised power or as much power as he has? Or do you think this is more the voters thinking about just kind of maybe, I don't know if they're thinking so much about lining things up with what's happening nationally, but just providing that further check and balance. I think this actually has a lot to do with the state police. Okay. Um, the state civil service commission, state police commission, um, the, the, the state, state police have, have had several scandals under the John Bell Edwards administration. And this is, again, part of the checks and balances to make sure that doesn't happen in the future. Um, you know, you have John Bell Edwards who, uh, who knew, or we, we have the evidence he knew about Ronald Green's death and the cause behind that death long before it became public. And state police really hasn't undergone a whole lot of change or reform in the aftermath of that. And of course, there have been, like I said, several issues that really stemming from the time he came into office. Uh, that, you know, story after story, the state police at the state level, I don't want to talk about Troop I or anybody yeah. locally, but at the state level leadership, mm-hmm. it's just been atrocious. And there's been a lot of questions that have been raised. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the, the legislature really said, okay, look, we've got to make sure that the people that are going into these spots, going on to these commissions, these boards, we want to make sure that they're vetted. So if any of these issues come up, we have a board that has been vetted by the state legislature to more effectively go after these things. And I think that largely the people of Louisiana recognize that civil service and the state police really need a closer eye on them. So those uh, all overwhelmingly passing. Okay, so let's uh, jump here in the city of Lafayette as uh, Jules Edwards uh, overwhelmingly uh, defeated Roya Bustani. Uh, to win the Lafayette City uh, Court judge spot. Of course, that's where Michelle Odenay was at before she resigned about a year ago. And so now Jules Edwards uh, coming back uh, into another judgeship and will now take over that position. Yeah, so this was uh, when all, you know, roughly all the precincts were in, we saw uh, Jules Edwards had over 50% of the vote. Uh, uh, and you know this is this isn't really a, a partisan thing so much as uh, you look at the people who supported uh, Toby Aguilar, mm-hmm. uh, the people who supported Edwards, and people who, who supported Bustani. I mean, it's just a math game there. Um, Aguilar uh, came in and endorsed Jules Edwards like right away, think, right after the primary. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that pretty much helped seal that one. This was a race. Without controversy, this was a race without any negative campaigning. I mean, this was just the voters looked at the candidates and made a choice. And I think a lot of that choice was based on that endorsement there at the end. I mean, you you saw uh, you saw the way the votes were divided in the November election. And I think it's just some some simple math that shifts over that way. What's interesting is that. Edwards ran as no party, which is typically a sign in the Lafayette area. If you run as no party, that means you're probably a Democrat, but you don't want the party label to get in the way of what it is you want to do in that elected office, Uh, which also makes it interesting because Aguilar was a Republican in that race as well. 
But in the end, the people of Lafayette didn't really look at party in that case. I mean, it, it's a city judge, it's city court. Nobody really thinks of partisan politics in that regard, but those party labels still do have a bit of an impact. But again, largely just looking at the candidates because there was no talk of politics. It was just, this is me, I'm running for this job, here's why. And I think a lot of people had the, the bad taste of the, of the Michelle O'Neill stuff still in their mouths. They just wanted to move on from that. They were glad to see a campaign uh, season that did not have any negativity, any focus on any of that. They just wanted something positive. And I think they just made the choice they felt was best. Uh, there's, there's, there's not really, like I said, a whole lot of controversy here. And we'll just kind of see going forward how Edwards does in that spot. Well, and I think, um, you know, uh, Roya Bustani might have a very bright political future considering that she was able to make it into the runoff uh, round. When you look at Jules Edwards, this is someone that is, I guess you'd say, on the opposite end of that uh, political uh, cycle, if you will. Someone who has been in this for quite a while, someone who many people thought, you know, was done with it. And then he mm -hmm. decided to come back and said he felt a calling to run for this uh, city court judge uh, position. Did so was able to win re-election or win election, excuse me, and mm -hmm. he is someone that when you look at his resume, he has really an outstanding and lengthy resume when it comes to qualifying for this position. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, there's there's no there there's nothing really to be shocked by about this other than. I think you're right. Um, Roy Bustani's turnout, her her amount of support getting into the runoff and everything like that, I think probably shot some folks. And but other than that, I mean, this was just last. This was just the city of Lafayette deciding on a judge. There was there was absolutely nothing that in any way, uh, you know, screams controversy in this one. Let me ask you this, um, and. Uh, Speaking of controversy, because, you know, this yeah. is something I'm going to bring up that it, some people can see it as controversy, some don't. You know, you look at um, Jules Edwards, and he is mm -hmm. a black judge winning election across the city of Lafayette. Um, you know, you look at our city marshal, who's black, and I remember when he was elected to that position, um, that there was much talk about uh, that being the case. Um, he has done an, an excellent job by all accounts. Um, what is, what does this say about the city of Lafayette? Because, you know, there was some rumblings that I heard people kind of mentioning about, you know, will Lafayette elect, you know, um, a black judge, uh, citywide and Lafayette did overwhelmingly. Um, what do you think that says about the city? Um, you know, in, in the two different positions that I brought up and just kind of moving forward. You know, I think the city of Lafayette doesn't look at skin color. I mean, you, you look at, uh, at these races, the city of Lafayette typically looks at the qualifications more than anything else. And they, they look at the type of candidate. They look at that candidate's personality more than they really look at skin tone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, you, you also see uh, a lot of people don't talk about this, but our mayor president, Josh Guillory, mm -hmm has done a lot to promote diversity in the hires and in who works for Lafayette City and Parish Government. And I think that's to his credit. And it's just, once again, uh, a really good sign for, uh, uh, this is going to sound like a bad word, but just how progressive Lafayette is 
in terms of noting talent over any of those really non those those things that should not be an issue like skin tone like gender things like that yeah well and you know i mean i I mentioned it with him last time we spoke um you know uh you had one of the the you know harvin you know one of the candidates that was for for mayor in the last race and you know he didn't make the runoff, and then when Josh Gillery won the mayorship, he you know put him in his uh, administration, mm-hmm. and so that yeah. was one of many um, you know appointees uh, that he um, that, that the mayor made to show some diversity in his administration. Yeah, and I, I was talking uh, with somebody um, who who uh, I don't want to say who, but who is tied to Lafayette City government. Um, and uh, a man of color, and he was very, you know, the the politics of the two men, uh, him and Josh Guillory, may diverge on quite a few issues, but he was very complimentary of just how proactive Guillory has been in terms of of hiring uh, a diverse group of people to work in Lafayette government. And again, to Guillory's credit and to the credit of Lafayette in general, which has in these elections and in other ways shown that they care more about character than color of skin. As it should be. As it should be. Exactly. Um, All right. So let's talk about the Public Service Commission. Nothing locally, but a race that happened over in District 3, pitting a Baton Rouge candidate against a New Orleans area incumbent who had been there for years and years, uh, Lambert Mm -hmm. Wazier. Um, he was upended by a 30-year-old young man who, you know, they're touting the LGBTQ, um, I guess that he's a member of that community, if you will. Uh, but Devontae Lewis, um, for me, what the big story here is not necessarily that, but his, as what people would call him, uh, progressive. You mentioned the word progressive mm-hmm. earlier, but here's, here's the progressive in the political sense. Um, in his desire for more renewable energy, um, you know, he his first priority, he says, will be to try and reinstate a rule the PSC repealed in 2018 that would allow net metering for solar power. Um, mm-hmm. This is someone who was, uh, you know, really fueled by powerful national environmental groups who really got a grassroots campaign out for him. And so he's a Democrat. Now, he unseated a Democrat, Democrat in Boisier. But it sounds to me by everything that I've read, he definitely represents that more progressive wing of the party that is very much about the renewable energies and kind of in line with more of where the National Democratic Party is at right now. Yeah, Devontae Lewis, uh, that victory was surprising, but we're going to see more of that. What I think needs to be looked at here is that there is a lot of political, national political rhetoric uh, for a seat that those don't tie into so neatly. Yes, for the Public Service Commission, as far as utilities and things like that, looking into renewable energy is, of course, something that any utility regulatory commission needs to do. But you cannot make a drastic jump in Louisiana away from oil and gas. It's one of the backbones of Louisiana's economy. So when you when you run on it, that's fine. But when you actually try to implement that, you're one member of a board 
for a state that largely relies on oil and gas. I'm not sure how effective Lewis will be right away. And this is this is somebody who went from activist to politician, and I'm not exactly sure how effective he will be right away. Now, the LGBT aspect, the progressive aspect, all of that aside, this is a tough job for anybody. We're, we're at a point right now in Louisiana where all of the economic factors are actually working against the state. The hurricanes we've repeatedly seen that have hurt our infrastructure, uh, the fact that the oil and gas industry did suffer a bit for the last several years, uh, we're seeing national economic factors also hurting Louisiana residents. No matter who got that job, they were looking at a very tough position because utilities and energy are so heavily impacted in the state right now and can, and will continue to be. I mean, we, we thankfully had a, a relatively quiet hurricane season in Louisiana. But that's not guaranteed every year. Right. If you have another major hit to infrastructure, you're going to have uh, you're going to have energy another energy crisis. See how that plays out, and see what these regulatory boards can do. I wish Devontae Lewis all the best, and it also needs to be noted. Talking to some folks uh, who paid a lot more attention to that election than I do, Bossier, the incumbent, was. Uh, was a weak candidate, I guess, just kind of assumed that, that he'd be getting back in, but, uh, but did not campaign very well. Meanwhile, you have a grassroots, uh, network that really came out. And I think, uh, I think there was some national support behind there, kind of behind the scenes, some, some bigger donors and everything making that possible too. But this is, uh, this is a seat to watch for in four years to see if they get what they want, if he's effective, and if somebody else can't come in and maybe say, hey, we need to go back to what we were doing because what this guy is promoting doesn't work for Louisiana. I'm totally, un I'm, I'm completely unsure of how that's going to play out, but it is a fascinating political change yeah. in, the, uh, in the Public Service Commission. Well, if anything, it took a, a seat that was considered a stronghold for one candidate and basically mm -hmm. made it something now that it's more wide open depending on how um, this young man does with the seat. If he's able to be a mover and shaker, then he'll probably be someone that will be able to have the seat for as long as he desires. But if he's not able to make noise, like what you were saying, this could be a, a seat that all of a sudden becomes ripe for turnover. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I think. If the activists aren't happy, uh, the activists for clean energy are, are one of the most volatile groups in that they want change and they want it now. And if they don't get it right away, they will hop to the next person. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one more main question for you before I let you go, Joe. Um, here in Acadiana, it's not Christmas until... <laughs> All right. So I answered this on your question of the day. Uh -huh. I realized yesterday that it was Christmas because somebody in my family texted me and asked what I wanted for Christmas. Mm. And I replied with something sarcastic because I've been doing, I've been answering that question or having conversations about Christmas presents and things like that mm. for the last like three days nonstop. And I was finally tired of it. <laughs> uh, so that's how I know it's Christmas when I get fed up with people asking me what I or what somebody wants for Christmas, because at some point I need to stop thinking 
about gifts and I just want to like relax and enjoy the season. That doesn't happen when you're frantically trying to make sure that the kids and parents and siblings and everybody's covered. Not that I hate giving gifts in there or everything. I, I just don't like that being 90% of the conversation. Yeah. Well, it's a part of the stress of the holidays. Um, and it is. The gift giving. And that's what you know, I was yeah. talking about with my wife earlier when we had her on and she's a duly licensed therapist talking about the stressors that people deal with and um, whether it's giving gifts, whether it's hosting uh, for events, mm-hmm. whether it's the traveling uh, to the holiday uh, gatherings. Um, there's just a lot of different areas, the money that goes into this as well. There's a lot of different stressors that go along with this being, as you know, the song says, that most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, exactly. But on 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 a positive note, though, it is also it's not Christmas until my kids start asking for family movie night, and they specifically start picking Christmas movies. See, now that's we the- try to. Now, you see, that's the time that, I mean, I'm sorry I mean to cut you off. I can't wait yeah. with my kids. You know, like last night, um, we watched, um, we were just watching like one of the little cartoons for the kids and they were just mm-hmm. relaxing and it was like right before bedtime and they're relaxing on us and they're not, you know, going, you know, zero to a hundred around the house at the moment. And I looked at my wife and I said, like, this is what, this is what I love when they're both, you know, one's on, on me, one's on her just relaxing and just watching TV because I've got the two and the one-year-old and they've got energy for days. And when it's right before bedtime and they are watching TV with us, like watching a little cartoon that's for them and stuff like that, that's fun. So I really am looking forward to those times where we get to start watching the Christmas movies together during this time of year. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, uh, I knew it was Christmas when my five-year-old discovered the movie Home Alone and (laughs) we watched it like 10 times. In the past couple of weeks, uh, she also gets really obsessed, and, and you, being a parent, mm-hmm. will will learn this joy too. Uh, with with Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which is a little cartoon, it's a series of Christmas stories uh, with Mickey Mouse with with Disney characters, and they my my two kids get obsessed with that every year. So we watch that a couple dozen times. Home Alone was a, was a net positive for the house. Because that really is a movie you can watch over and over because it is hilarious. Okay, so Home Alone 1 or 2 is your favorite? Home Alone 1 okay. is my personal favorite, but there's there's a reason for that. And that is a when I was a kid, when I was young, apparently, according to my parents, I tried to Home Alone up the house while oh. they were gone. There was a babysitter there. <laughs> So that that story just stuck with me. Um, also, apparently, I I was very heavily influenced by movies as a kid because my first sentence was a was an inappropriate line for Pretty Woman. So like that's <laughs> that's that's just that's where I'm. That's my biography there. But apparently, I did try to home alone up the house when I was a kid. So that's always kind of stuck with me. Well, all right. Um, my vote is for Home Alone too, but I can't top that story. So that's a good one. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> Coming up on your show this afternoon at 3 o'clock, what do you have for our listeners? Uh, So there's a must-read report from the Washington Post out today on the federal government's absolute failure on the fentanyl crisis in the country. I'm going to kind of go into that a good bit. Uh, We've seen a lot of stories locally about fentanyl overdoses, Mm -hmm. just how bad it is nationwide. It's a lot worse than people think if you read this Washington Post story. I've got my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. I'm going to share 
that Washington Post story and a column that I'm writing on the subject at Red State a little bit later have that to talk about on my show today and more. All right. Well, looking forward to that on the Joe Cunningham Show, 3 o'clock here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Joe, appreciate you spending time with us this morning, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll take this quick commercial break. I have a brief look at news, and we'll wrap the show up. Coming up next. Celebrating 20 years of enlightening Acadiana. Moon Griffon, next on News Talk 96.5. KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPL News app. Now the headlines from the KPL News Center. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. Three amendments on the ballot were overwhelmingly approved by Louisiana voters on Saturday night. Amendment 1 got the most support early in the night, with the largely Republican Louisiana voters deciding that they wanted to codify the right to vote extending only to U.S. citizens. While non-citizens currently cannot vote in Louisiana, cities and other states have passed rules in recent years that would allow non-citizens to vote. This amendment sought to not allow that to happen in Louisiana. COVID cases are on the rise and flu is at its highest level in five years. So the Louisiana Department of Health is strongly encouraging residents to get boosters and vaccines before holiday gatherings. LDH reported nearly 4,500 new COVID cases in its last count. State Health Officer Dr. Joe Cantor says at the start of the month, over 10% of healthcare visits in Louisiana were for flu-like illness. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. The U.S. House has approved $858 billion for national defense and hundreds of millions of dollars will go towards Louisiana military bases. Congressman and House Armed Services Committee member Mike Johnson says Barksdale Air Force Base in Bossier Parish will receive $125 million to construct a weapons generation facility. The defense spending bill still needs U.S. Senate approval, which is expected. Florida's legislature begins a special session today to address the state's property insurance crisis following Hurricane Ian. Meanwhile, thousands of Louisiana property owners are forced to find new private insurance carriers as many companies are either folding or no longer writing policies in Louisiana. Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlin says a possible solution is an incentive program similar to the one used after Katrina and Rita, which led to new private insurance companies in Louisiana. State lawmakers are waiting to see how much money the Revenue Estimating Conference says is available for such a program. The REC is meeting this week. You're up to date. I'm Brandon Como. Mostly cloudy skies across Acadiana today. Temperatures are going to be getting to about 72 degrees in the afternoon. Winds from the northeast at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight loads going to be dropping down into the 60s. We're fairly cloudy headed into tomorrow as well with some late evening showers possible on Tuesday evening. And then the potential for some severe weather Wednesday morning with a front moving through in the middle of the work week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5. KPL. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, looking at what's happening right now on the roadways. We do have a crash. University at Agnes Street. That's University at Agnes. Also, Ambassador Caffrey, uh, I-10 eastbound. We still have a crash in that area. KPL News Time is coming up on 845. And joining us right now on the phone lines is John Williams. And he is a blue with the Blue Monday band and uh, love of people. John, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Brandon. All right. Thank you. And, you know, you've got a big Christmas gumbo coming up. And some, it's a great event that y'all have been doing for 10 years. Tell our listeners about it. 
Yeah, 10 years ago, we started just uh, hosting. A, this was our first community event for love of people. Um, and it was just designed to create an environment within the community of Sunset uh, so that people can come together as a family. And um, it's been going for 10 years strong. Uh, we, we have we have people that have engaged um, the 705 group, uh, Matt Zombreaker and uh, Alan Green, and, and they've, you know, really connected to this uh, experience that we host every year in Sunset. Very cool. So, again, it's happening on December the 20th. And also, Blue Monday is coming back in January. Blue Monday is coming back every second Monday um, at Jefferson Street Pub downtown. Um, this has always been a jam session where we just uh, raise awareness and keep people engaged with our creative economy. Um, it's a very special event. We're in our sixth year. And uh, we look forward to the growth that we have coming in 2023 um, for that event. All right. John Williams uh, been with us this morning. I know he's very busy. We're going to let him get back to uh, get back to work. But, John, thank you so much for stopping by and letting us know what's happening. Thank you so much for letting me share with everyone. Oh, absolutely. Our pleasure. Want to hear Christmas music on your schedule? Check out the KPL News app and click on the Christmas music icon. Brought to you by Christmas at Bridgepoint Farms, 115 Enterprise Boulevard, just off of Johnston Street. This is Acadiana's home for breaking news and weather. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it. The Cape Hill Topic Train is running right on time. Speeding through the headlines to start your day. Brought to you by Broussard Poche LLP, certified public accountants. All right, so here's a look at some of the headlines uh, catching uh, my attention this morning. First off, we start off in New York. As thousands of New York City police officers have ditched the country's biggest police force and fled to other states for higher salaries. Police department recruiters from other states, including Florida and Colorado, have rushed to the Big Apple to persuade some of the city's 34,000 officers into relocating in exchange for higher pay and better work environments. Celebrity birthdays today. Ian Oze mentioned them earlier. Bob Barker, 99 years old. Dionne Warwick turning 82. Jennifer Conley, the actress, turning 52. On this day in history, December 12, 1968, Arthur Ashe becomes the first black athlete to be ranked number one in tennis in the United States. And what national day is today? Well, today is National Poinsettia Day. Poinsettia is named for Joel Roberts Poinsett, who introduced the plant to America in 1828. He was a botanist, physician, and the first U.S. ambassador to Mexico. They became associated with the Christmas holiday and are popular seasonal decorations. All right, that'll do it for the topic train this morning. Coming up next on the Moon Graffon Show, the guys from American Ground Radio will be uh, guest hosting today. Louis R. Avaloni, Stephen Parr. You'll hear a snippet from them in a minute, and then you'll hear the whole enchilada, if you will, coming up uh, at 9 o'clock here on News Talk 96.5 KPL and on the Moon Graffon Radio Network. That is it for Acadiana's Morning News this morning. I am Brandon Como. Bernie will be joining me again tomorrow. Until then, have a great one.
You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. Last week, Democrat Senator Kirsten Sinema said she's leaving the Democrat Party. Now, let's not get confused by any notions that Senator Sinema suddenly woke up one day and found herself to be the next coming of Barry Goldwater. You know, she's not really a maverick. She's voted with Chuck Schumer 90% of the time. She tended to agree with Dianne Feinstein 79% of the time. No, you see... She saw the writing on the wall. It's going to be up to the Senate Democrats to defend Biden's agenda, which is controlled by the far left of the Democrat Party. And she has no interest in doing that. She's up for reelection in two years. The question is, will Democrats mount a challenge? And in the meantime, will she truly be independent or will she continue to vote with Biden 93 percent of the time? Return each weeknight with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Parr. From 9 to 10 p.m. on News Talk 96.5 KPEL.